time when things are shifting. We're going to be, be a new world order. We've got to lead it. The following program is brought to you by friends and partners of End Time Headlines. All right, what's going on, everybody? It is Tuesday, January 10th. We welcome you to tonight's broadcast. This is End Time Headlines, news and headlines from a prophetic perspective. If you're new to the broadcast, this is your first time joining us on any one of our platforms that you're watching or listening from. If you're able to comment in the comment section below, let us know that you're new and where you guys are joining us from. We'd love to hear from you as well. So tonight, I want to talk about, as you see, the title here is called The Cup of Trembling. That is a term found in Zechariah chapter 12. I want to get to that in just a second, Zechariah chapter 12. But I really want to, I'm going to we're going to focus in in the Middle East tonight. And I want to talk about uh, specifically the most contested pieces of real estate in the world. Uh, this piece of real estate for centuries has brewed conflicts, and that is the Temple Mount. Uh, there, the Temple Mount is uh, very sacred to both Muslims and Jews. In fact, uh, it is the um, the Dome of the Rock and the Al-Askamas are Islam's most holy sites behind Mecca and Medina. These So these locations are very sacred and holy to Islam. Both Palestinians and, Israel, and Israelis have... Uh, continually reaffirmed their commitment to allowing access to, to, to the Temple Mount and to protect the peace of the holy site. However, things seem to be unraveling um, little by little. We're going to talk more about that tonight. But now, let me give you a little bit more background and history on this. Muslims believe that it, it this is the place visited by the prophet Muhammad during the night journey when Muhammad traveled with from Mecca to Jerusalem and back on a winged horse in the course of a single night and from the Al-Asqa he ascended to heaven. However, to the Jewish people, the Temple Mount is the site of the first and second Jewish temples and the place where Abraham offered his son Isaac as a sacrifice. Um, as the exact location of the moment, uh, as the most sacred part of the temples is no longer known, most rabbis agree that Jews should not walk on the Temple Mount, as the Western Wall is thought to be the closest part of the Temple Mount that can be reached without entering the temple itself, uh, for the focus of prayer and pilgrimage. Now, why are they doing this? Again, because there is this concern that it could ignite a war. And I'm going to show you an article here in a minute from the Times of Israel that gives you uh, even more uh, credence to the fact that the, the verbiage they use, they could even ignite a third world war. So this is very concerning, to say the least, as far as the severity of um, the sacredness of this of this temple. Now, um, one scholar by the name of Jerome Murphy O'Connor, 
who is considered to be a biblical scholar who lived in Jerusalem for more than 40 years before his death. Back in, uh, he died back in 2013. He did a lot of research on this and he discovered that this, that the temple, the platform in which two religious buildings over the Holy of Holies, the Dome of the Rock, and the al Askamas set upon was originally constructed and built by Herod the Great. However, much like Jerusalem, the area of the Temple Mount uh, has been occupied by all three major religions. Again, Islam, Judaism, and Christianity. Bernard Wasterstein, another professor of history at the University of Chicago and the author of Divided Jerusalem. That's an interesting book. The first temple was built around a thousand years before Christ and survived until the sixth century BC when it was captured and, uh, and destroyed by the Persians who conquered Palestine and Jerusalem in the year 587 BC. However, it was rebuilt after the Jews were allowed to return from exile in Babylonia in 516. And then it was successfully rebuilt and enlarged and culminating in the temple of Herod, who was king of Judea at the time of Christ. Then we fast forward and Herod's temple was destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD and the Jews were banished from Jerusalem for the next 600 years. The area of the temple mount was laid to waste. And then around 638 AD, the Muslim army led by the Caliphate Omar conquered Jerusalem. However, unlike the Romans, he did not destroy any of the city's religious sites, but decided instead to build a mosque on the west wasteland that was the Temple Mount. Uh, the Muslims called the platform Haram al-Sharif and began building the al-Askamas and the Dome of the Rock. The Arabs allowed the return of the Jews who had been banished by the Romans. And according to O'Connor, the period between the return of the Jews in 638 until the arrival of the Crusaders in 1099 was one of the most peaceful periods in Jerusalem's history. Now, now we fast forward to present day and let me, now you say, well, man, I didn't want to have a history lesson. Well, I had to show you all this and talk about this because I want to talk about where we're going because in the future, the temple, uh, this area, this region, this location, Jerusalem is going to be the hotbed of Bible prophecy and the focal point of the nations of the world. And that leads me to Zechariah chapter 12. Uh, let me give you this scripture, Zechariah chapter 12, verse 2, Zechariah 12, 2. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples. Now, some translations say a cup of trembling. When they laid siege against Judah and Jerusalem, and it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. That would be all nations. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces, though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. So again, the prophet is telling us, guys, that 
way out into the future. You got to remember when he wrote that way out into the future, prophetically speaking, he saw a time where in which Jerusalem would become the hotbed of the nations of the world. They would be the thorn in the flesh, the cup of stumbling, the cup of drunkenness, the cup of heaviness, that the nations of the world would attempt to come together to try to divide Jerusalem. This is all significant today when we're talking about this. And it would be, it would end up being a snare to them because it would bring them to judgment. They would be entered into judgment because of this. Now, Joel chapter three also talks about this as well. He talks about that God will gather these nations that tried to and attempted to get to divide Jerusalem. He would enter them into judgment. They would be directly involved with a major war way out into the future in the tribulation called Armageddon. Now, let me give you some recent headlines to show you today from the prophetic viewpoint that we're not in the tribulation. No, we're not there yet. I don't believe that we're fully into Zechariah 12 yet, but I want to show you today that we are taking footsteps. We're taking, uh, we're taking these strides towards the fulfillment of this. Now, here's an article uh, that I want to show you. This is from World Israel News. U.S. to condemn Israel at U.N. Security Council meeting on the Temple Mount. Now, this meeting has already occurred, but I want to give you a little bit of this. Um, American officials had already joined the Arab world and European countries in saying a Jewish minister's brief visit to the Mount, quote, violated the status quo. The United States is expected, and again, this is past tense, this has already taken place, this happened this past week, the United States joined other countries and condemned Israel at the UN Security Council meeting uh, this past Thursday. This meeting was conveyed to discuss the brief visit of a Jewish minister to the Temple Mount earlier that week. Israeli National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Vir visited the temple minutes for some 15 minutes early on Tuesday morning in the show of Israel's sovereignty after his prior announcements that he would ascend the holiest site in Judaism led Hamas to threaten violence over such a, quote, Zionist aggression. While the visit passed on the almost empty mount without incident, a diplomatic uproar ensued with country after country denouncing it. And the UAE and China demanding that the UNSC convene on the matter. Quote, the U.S. joined European allies, allies such as Great Britain and France in labeling the walk a threat to the status quo that was unacceptable. And the administration's anger would be reflected at the UNSC State Department spokesperson Ned Price told reporters. So again, now here's another article. This is from CBN News. So remember, this article stated that is U.S. would join European countries to condemn Israel. Then we fast forward and Israel rebukes the U.N. and the Palestinian Authority for emergency session on the Temple Mount. 
Incoming National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gavir sparked a meeting when he spent 13 minutes on the Temple Mount, the first visit by an Israeli minister in almost five years. During the emergency session in New York, the U.N. and a parade of nations, including the U.S., criticized Israel for the visit. Secretary Blinken has said very clearly that it's absolutely critical for all sides to exercise restraint, refrain from provocative actions and rhetoric at the Haram al-Sharif Temple Mount and other holy sites in Jerusalem, both in word and in practice. In this spirit, we oppose any and all unilateral actions that depart from the historic status quo, which are unacceptable. Israel's ambassador to the UN, Gilad Urdan, slammed the meeting and said he was shocked. And why? Because there is absolutely no reason that this emergency session today should be held. None. To hold a Security Council session on a non-event is truly absurd. To claim that this brief and completely legitimate visit should spark an emergency Security Council session is pathetic. Security Council session on what? Former Israeli ambassador to the UN, Danny Danon, served five years at the UN and told CBN News the Palestinian Authority was behind the emergency meeting. It's part of the diplomatic terrorism of the Palestinian Authority. You know, they put pressure on the representatives in the Security Council to call for a meeting. They would come spread lies. No, it's not helping the Palestinians. It's not helping the peace process. It's part of the blame game. For his part, Itamar Ben-Gavir maintained his visit, did not violate the status quo on the Temple Mount. The Temple Mount is open to all. Muslims and Christians come up here, and yes, also Jews. In a government I'm a member of, there will be no discrimination, and Jews will come up and visit the Temple Mount. After Ben-Gavir's visit to the Temple Mount behind me, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu issued a statement saying that the status quo would not change. That's where Israeli police prevent anyone other than Muslims from praying on the Temple Mount out of fear of disturbances. Now, again, this is a serious matter. We've already showed you from some of the history that uh, this piece of real estate is no stranger to conflicts, division, and discord. Then you have this article from uh, Israel Today. Uh, This is, again, from Israel today. Look at this headline, quote, A third world war could erupt from the Temple Mount. This is a warning from a Jerusalem expert. I want to read this to you. I would like to believe that the the third temple will be built in the end times with the coming of the Messiah. Wow. Again, this is from Israel. Israel today. Uh, the article goes on and notes that a Jerusalem expert by the name of Dr. Samuel Berkowitz reminded Israel Today editor that 40 years ago, a re- renowned academics at Harvard University actually presented a possible scenario, listen to this, for a third world war that would be sparked by, ready, a conflict over the Temple Mount. Uh, this expert in this area said, quote, I take this very seriously, he warned. The Muslims are experts at instigating uprisings. Again, that's not my words. That's his. Berkowitz has written several books on the topic. Uh, 
So uh, 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 he is putting a blame towards uh, the Muslims there inciting uh, violence. And then you've got the Palestinians that are pointing at Israel for inciting violence. Um, they're again on the Temple Mount. So this is very intriguing to me because, again, it shows us that there is a stigma that is surrounding Jerusalem, Israel, and the Temple in Jerusalem and this whole region here in the Mideast. Now, future-wise, I want to I want to show you that when we go out into the future, prophetically speaking, I want to take you here, Revelation chapter 11, consequently, here it is, mentions a third temple that will be constructed in Jerusalem. And if you think that's not going to spark controversy, and that, that this actually, in reality, this has um, fueled a lot of skeptics that don't believe that this is true about the Bible because the Arabs would never allow this third temple to be constructed. And we'll talk more about that in just a second. Let me get to this. This is Revelation chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. John the Revelator who wrote this said, I was given a reed like a measuring rod and the angel stood. So there's, there's this angel standing there with a reed like a measuring rod standing there. And John sees this and this angel rises up and measures the temple of God. He, it goes on to say there's a temple, there's an altar, and there is people that worship there. So again, this shoot, this absolutely shoots down the erroneous theories that there is no physical third temple that will be built because there's people out there that believe this. The uh, replacement theologists believe this, that we, the church, replace natural Israel and therefore Revelation 11, 1 through 3 is not speaking of a physical, actual uh, stone, uh, mortar, uh, temple, but it's talking about, uh, our bodies or the third temple. Looks, that's, listen, again, this is one of the most, uh, misinterpreted scriptures I've ever seen. It's a gross misinterpretation of scripture. First of all, there is two temples in the Bible mentioned. The, uh, the one, the first temple is the body. Paul said this in Corinthians. He said, do you not know that your bodies is the temple of the Holy Spirit? He refers to our physical bodies as the temple of the Holy Ghost that the Spirit of God dwells in. But then there is a physical brick and mortar stone temple, if you would, that is mentioned in Revelation chapter 11. Because John is there, he sees this angel and he has a measuring rod or a, he has a measuring system in which he measures the temple of God. There's an altar and there's people there that are worshiping there. And he goes on to even say that the outer court will be left out, which is outside of the temple and will not be measured for it's been given to the Gentiles who will tread upon the holy city under their feet for 42 months. So again, this cannot be interpreted as our physical bodies. I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. It's a, an erroneous interpretation of scripture and theology. This is talking about a literal third temple that, uh, let me pull this back here. I'm going to talk to you for just a second. 
There is a third temple that is in the wings. It is being prepared for the Sanhedrin, the modern Sanhedrin, the Temple Institute, and all of these groups are all putting things together and they are getting ready for the temple to be constructed and built. And the reason why it has not been built yet in our lifetime now, because there has to be a, uh, there has to be a sequence of rituals and acts and things that has to be put in place in order to bring about this construction of this third temple. For example, the five red heifers that from, that were brought from Texas to Israel are being inspected. They're allowed, they're going through a process where they must grow to a certain age. Then they will be fully inspected. And if they meet the qualifications, they will be used for the sacrifice on this temple. There is certain rituals that will be done, washing rituals, purification rituals. There are certain oils that will be used by the priests. There are certain priests that will be raised up from the modern Sanhedrin. What am I talking about? I'm talking about there is coming a third temple in Jerusalem and based on prophecy like Zechariah 12, Matthew 24, Luke 21, Mark 13, Joel chapter 3, Revelation chapter 11, there is going to be, and even Thessalonians talk about this, there's going to be a lot of activity that's going to be geared around and centered around Jerusalem, Israel, and a coming third temple. Paul said in Thessalonians that this will be the very location that the Antichrist will set up his headquarters and declare himself as God for 42 months mid-tribulation. So this is, um, again, we're talking about exciting events that are transpiring right before our eyes that are all biblical and prophetic in nature. So, you know, I'm not going to come on here and give you, you know, people want to know, well, can you give me a timeline? Can you say that the temple will be built this year? Will it be built next year? No, I cannot say that, but I can say this based on what I've researched about these heifers alone, these red heifers. They have to go through, I think it's a period of two years in order. They cannot use them now because they have to grow to, I believe it's at least two years of age, and then they will be fully inspected by the uh by those that do these inspections and if they again if they meet the qualifications then everything is ready to go and from my understanding guys everything else is already put in place everything else uh that is needed to do this is already in place it's there it's ready it's waiting in uh right waiting on deck so and and don't miss it I want to say this. Remember, all of Israel is anticipating the arrival of a Messiah. Because, again, when you get to Thessalonians, there is going to be a messianic figure. Now, we know that he will not be the Messiah that we know of of the Bible. He will not be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He, this Messiah figure, I believe, will be, he's being anticipated He's being waited on. 
He's uh, there's a expectation for him, and I believe he will appear in Jerusalem, and they will they will flock to this man, and they will declare him as the Mashiach, the Messiah. But he will be a counterfeit. He will be a false Messiah. And I believe he will be the Antichrist of the Bible. Because again, based on the scriptures, he, this false Messiah will be this Antichrist. He will not be, uh, he will come initially as a man of, of peace, bringing a diplomacy of peace. He is identified as the, the white horse rider that comes with a bow and no arrows. Why? Because he comes in the name of peace. But the, but Paul says and warns that when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction shall come upon them. So he comes initially bringing peace. He sets up his headquarters in Jerusalem. He takes, uh, and somewhere between that time and the time that he declares himself as God in the temple, the temple has to be constructed and built. So make no doubts about it, guys. There's coming this uh, this this conflict in Jerusalem. There's coming this tension over the Temple Mount, over two things. Ready? The division of Jerusalem for land. That's what the Palestinians want. They want land for, quote, unquote, peace. So there's coming this push for division of land and there's coming for this push for the occupancy of the temple. Who will possess the occupancy of the temple? Will it be the Arabs or will it be the Jews? And I'm, now I left out the Christians here because when you get into the, to, to the book of Revelation, you'll see that there is coming a false prophet that will come along the side of the Antichrist. And this man will be, uh, he will be the religious, the religious arm of the Antichrist. He is the one that's going to institute the religion of the Antichrist. He, they will do it by force. They will create an image of the beast and they will create a system of the beast that will require buying, selling and trading with the watch this. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 13, the mark of the beast, the number of the beast or the name of the beast and all will be directly connected to the Antichrist and his religion. So when we get to Revelation 13, it appears that the whole world somehow will be converted or be forced to convert to one major, I believe it's a universal global religion. And whatever that religion is, we can, we can say by scripture that whatever religion this is, it will deny the deity of Jesus. It will deny the, the sonship of Jesus. And it will be based on first John and second John. It will be and possess the spirit of Antichrist. Why? Because it will be instituted by the Antichrist. So the false prophet is going to come and he's going to He's going to be, he's going to perform 
or he's going to be successful at merging, I believe, two major religions. When we get to that point, he's going to merge them together under one umbrella, and it's going to be an apostate form of Christianity, but it's going to appease the Arabs as well. I know this is deep, but I'm telling you, that's where it's coming. That's where we're heading. And according to the prophet Zechariah, he says, you need to keep your eyes on Jerusalem because there's coming a time in the future when it's going to become a cup of stumbling or drunkenness to all the nations of the world. They're going to lay siege against Jerusalem something's going to happen that is going to bring these nations against Israel. Now you can read a little more about this in Ezekiel chapter 38, 39 as well, because that's talking about the war of Gog and Magog. Read it. It talks about that. It talks about these nations that God will put hooks in their jaws and bring them down and they will invade Israel in the time that they will be dwelling in safety. Hello. They will let down their guard. They will think everything is good. Everything is safe. But then again, as the, as the word of the Lord says, when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. Read it in Ezekiel 38 and 39. These, this coalition of nations, including Iran, including Turkey and, uh, and these other nations, they, and southern uh, Soviet Russian nations will come in and they will invade Jerusalem. So again, all the nations of the world will be gathered against it. And sadly, I want to leave you with this. This is again the reality of the, of the word of God and Zechariah 12 and Joel chapter three. Sadly, those nations, including, I believe, America, I believe America will be involved in the nations that will be gathered against Jerusalem to like ready to divide it and try to bring about a forced peace agreement. And because of this, based on the covenant that God made with Abraham and his seed, and he said, those who curse you will be cursed. And I believe based on that alone and just the way America is going right now. Now, things could shift for a season, but if they continue to persistently go where they're going and where they're heading, I believe we're going to have a leadership over America that is going to side with the Palestinians, the Arab world and the division of Jerusalem. And because of this, Joel says they will enter into judgment. And Zechariah says, I will break them in pieces. So I know this is a strong word today, but we're giving you, this is straight Bible prophecy. It's, it's, it's perilous times, but it's exciting times. It really it depends on what side of the tracks you're on. That leads me to where I want to close today. If you're watching this day, you're listening to this day and you say, well, all this stuff is interesting, but I don't have a relationship with God. I don't even know if I was to die today where I would go, friend, then listen, we want to put this aside 
And we want to focus on you today. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you need to stop playing games. You need to stop being lukewarm and you need to get right with God today. Repent of your sins. Ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, your transgressions, your iniquities and your trespasses. Ask the Lord to wash you of your sins today. Put your faith and your trust in him and follow him. Get you a Bible. Read the word of God. Get plugged into a local church if possible. If not, we welcome you to the family today because listen you need to do this because i'm telling you the longer you put this off according to the bible did you know that the bible says that those who chose not to love the truth but chose to accept the lie and embrace it the bible says that god will allow them to be deceived by strong delusion this will be a delusion that's so strong that will uh, it will involve lying signs and wonders that will be performed by the false prophet and the Antichrist. He said it will be so strong that if it were possible, the, the very elect would be deceived. So this is why I'm telling you today with an urgency in this preacher's voice, don't put off till tomorrow what you need to do today because tomorrow may not come. And I'm telling you, I know people don't agree with my theology. Some people don't. Some people do. That's just the way it's going to be. And I'm going to say this again. I'm going to try to bring unity here. If you are in the camp of believing a pre-tribulation rapture, then when the church is taken out and the restrainer is removed, there is nothing no longer restraining the Antichrist from fully coming to power. And when that happens, the blinders on the eyes will be so strong and so deep. I'm telling you, deception will be rampant. Or if you're on this side of the camp and you don't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, when the Antichrist appears and if the church is still here and we go through it, I'm telling you, you better not be lukewarm and passive because if the church is here, if I'm wrong and the church is here through the tribulation, then the church is going to have to, uh, we're going to have to endure the rise of the Antichrist and the false prophet, which means there's going to become great tribulation against the saints there's going to come great wrath upon the saints. There's going to come great judgment upon the saints because the saints would be involved in this. There's going to come a system of buying, selling, and trading, and you're going to have to make a choice whether to accept this mark, name, or number of the beast in your right hand or in your forehead, or you will lose your life. You will be forced to either worship an image that will be constructed by the people of the earth, by the false prophet. If you don't worship this, you will be destroyed as well. So you're going to go through all this. So either it's, it's either this camp or this camp. There's no in between. So why wait? Don't wait till the trumpet sounds and the twinkle of an eye because it'll be too late and you're going to get left behind. Don't wait until the mark of the beast is being instituted because you're going to capitulate, you're going to compromise, and you're going to take that mark. Don't wait until you see them constructing and building the image of the beast until you decide to give your heart to Jesus because you're going to capitulate, you're going to compromise, and you're going to bow down, and you're going to worship that image because out of fear and out of manipulation and deception. Don't wait 
until the rise of the Antichrist, if you're on this side of the camp, till you say yes to Jesus, because you will not be given the choice. You're going to have to make your decision right now. Come on, you need to do it now while the Holy Spirit is moving. While there is some some element of peace in the earth. While there's some element of restraining force by the Holy Ghost in the earth. You need to do it now while there is a grace period. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. So you need to accept it today. And I pray that you do that today. Let me give you, let me pray for you real quick. And then we're going to close this podcast today. Father, in the name of Jesus God, I pray for the individuals that are watching and listening today. Lord, for those that are striving, that are straddling the fence. They're, they're neither cold nor hot. They're just lukewarm. I pray that this, this message goes forth and convicts them, pricks their heart. And I pray that it, it provokes them to get right with God and serve Him with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. Lord, I pray for those today that have never accepted you as their Lord and Savior. Maybe this is the first time you've heard the gospel message, the good news, and this is the first time some preachers preached uh, to you and talked to you about the Lord and prayed with you and given you an invitation. And if you've made that decision today, we uh we celebrate with you the bible says that all of heaven rejoices all the angels rejoice over one sinner that gives their heart to the lord and is saved so we i pray father that if that's an individual that's watching today or listening today i pray the holy spirit has his way in their heart while they're watching and listening today and we'll give you the glory and we'll give you the praise and honor for it and it's in jesus name all god's people said amen and amen listen guys before we close out today uh, we want to give you a heads up. We will not be broadcasting tomorrow on the 11th. It'll be Wednesday. We'll take a break. We'll come back on Thursday and Friday. Um, uh, but until then, I pray that if you've not downloaded our free app, don't, uh, don't put that off. Do it today because this is how we're going to keep up with our ministry. Um, it's right there on the screen. You can download it free from the Apple store or the Android store. Um, if you're listening, or I mean, excuse me, if you're watching by Facebook, Rumble, YouTube, or the main website, under the description of this message where it says download our free app, if you'll click on the link, it's going to take you right there to do that. That way you can keep up with every headline and every podcast when it's readily available. Again, we always want to give you the opportunity, if, you've, if this ministry is a source of information, blessing, revelation, equipping, we want to give you the opportunity to sow into this ministry or partner with this ministry. You can do it two different ways. Uh, also, right there on the screen, you can give electronically to through the app or through the main website at intimeheadlines.org, intimeheadlines.com, or you can give by check or money order, and you can make that out to Intime Headlines. That's P.O. Box 1391, Monroe, Georgia, 30655. Listen, we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. Thank you for your partnership, your support, and your prayers to us and our ministry. We continue to pray for you as well. And until we see you on the 12th of January, may the Lord bless you, keep you, and may his countenance shine upon you. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to the End Time Headlines podcast. We pray that you've been blessed and equipped by today's message. For more information about how you can help partner with our ministry, please visit endtimeheadlines.org.